What is up, everyone? It is Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. And as always, the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to listen to this. As of course, when I started talking, Lance decided to play a video out of his phone just because the video why not, right, Lance? Our, our own video just was playing our video. You're support, you know what you are you know what you're supporting us. So it's a good thing. Imagine you were mm-hmm. playing a different show yeah, right now. It would have been bad. It would have been bad, man. I probably would have told you to leave. And you've probably been fired from Built of Buffalo. And I don't know what will happen I next. But I would have fired myself. You would have fired yourself. How are we doing, Lance? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, again, another week we get to come back here after a win. So, again, that's uh, much nicer than what it had been earlier in the season uh, when we did have our struggles. Um, although this game, this past game, um, there were plenty of struggles, and we'll get into that. Let's tell you a little bit about our sponsor today, Underdog Fantasy, as always. Go out there and use promo code BLITZ when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy. You'll get your your first deposit matched up to 100%, up to 100 bucks, excuse me. And uh, Underdog Fantasy has all the sports you could want, uh, college pro, um, soccer, everything. So uh, you can play a lot of different ways, best ball drafts, daily drafts, or their pick'em game, which is one of a kind, great stats, props. You get to higher or lower than a number of fantasy points someone's going to get in that game, something like that. So uh, go out, sign up for Underdog Fantasy, use promo code BLITZ. That would be amazing. Well, yeah. No. Lance, you, start, you, you, hit, you hit a nail on the head right there. We were obviously we were struggling early on. We were six and six. And I don't think, I think you were more optimistic than I was at the six and six juncture. But look, the Bills are sitting at 10 and six. And if you guys are on YouTube, you're on Facebook, drop a comment. Super chats are open. We're going to try to get to some comments, but Lance and I have a ton to talk about because there is a lot going on for the Bills. Obviously, I was at the game with Lance. Not with Lance. I was at the pregame tailgate, game day hospitality with Lance, which was awesome. Appreciate everyone there. Appreciate Lance hooking me up there. So there with my family, and then I was at game day hospitality. Best, yeah. uh, gate, best tailgate on game days that you can go to. They're actually going to be down in Miami, so check them out if you're going mm-hmm. to the game to Miami and check out game day hospitality. And then obviously I was at the game, so we're going to have. We're going to talk about the game, then we're going to do a little in-depth on the Bills' playoff scenarios. I'm assuming if you're on Twitter, social media, you've probably seen probably 80,000 different people tweet the same exact thing uh, because that's what people are doing now these days. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to preview the Bills-Miami matchup. And obviously, we'll tell you the playoff scenarios, who to root for, because Saturday is also very important for the Bills uh, as well, outside of the Bills controlling their destiny. But Lance, let's get to it. The Bills, 27. The Patriots, 21. The Bills move into 10-6 and six on the season. Patriots falling to 4-12. and 12. It felt like your old-school kind of AFC East matchup when these teams really know each other, and it's always closer than, I guess, Vegas thinks, because Vegas had it at 14, or what, I guess, you and I thought, or just the general public thought. So, Lance, one thing that kind of sparks your mind, because we're going to get to the offense in a second, we're going to get to the defense in a second, I know those are two broad topics, but anything that sparks your mind? Yeah. um, Again, starting slow for the Bills. um, You know, they give up the opening kickoff, return for a touchdown, and then the offense goes out 
and punts on their first offensive possession. So, um, you know, another instance of that, we've been talking about it all year long, been one of the things that, um, you know, I've kind of emphasized that the Bills uh, certainly need to stop doing. And, and now yeah. uh, is is the time to really um, have that stop because, you know, from here on out, it's uh, win or go home, uh, really. And uh, we'll talk about the playoff scenarios in a little bit, but uh, when you boil it down, really, for the next, you know, three or four weeks, however long the season lasts, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be winter, winter go home. And um, you definitely need to start the game um, on a good note and, and not get behind early. When the Bills were sitting at six and six, seven and six, around that mark of the season, obviously post Philly loss, heading into Kansas City, post Kansas City loss. Uh, facing Dallas, all that kind of stuff. A lot of Bills players, and you and I talked about it. It's kind of like it was kind of the playoffs for the Bills. It's been the playoffs for the Bills for the last month and a half, just because of where they put themselves early in the year with the losses to the Jets, to the Patriots, to the Broncos. Uh, they just put themselves in a, a situation where they had to win a lot of games down the stretch, which they've been in years past, but they also haven't haven't been as well, uh, depending on the year. But so I wanted I wanted to mention that. But you also said starting slow. I want to mention something because we're not going to talk about the special teams. I think the special teams has been very, very inconsistent this year, right? Like there's been some very good. I thought Sam Martin had probably his best game uh, he's had in a while because I think he's been very up and down a couple of yeah. at the end uh, after the Bills often stalled out at midfield and they pinned them down at the end for the Patriots trying to get a game winning drive. And I think that really factored into the Patriots offense. And obviously the Bills got the ball back and ran out the clock. So shout out to Sam Martin. But you also had. You gifted, and we saw this with the Chargers, right? When you play teams that are lesser than you, when you play a team that's basically playing for just pride at this point of the season, and that's what the Patriots were on Sunday, you can't give them points. Like the Bills gave the Chargers 13 free points off turnovers a week ago, and that kept the Chargers in the game. That's why the game was so close. The Bills only gave up two offensive touchdowns, but the Patriots had 21 because they gave up a special team's uh, kick return for a touchdown. Like those are the things you can't do against teams that are way lesser than you, bad teams. The, the one thing now, I guess, going for the Bills, every team they play uh, from Miami, in, if they make the playoffs, even if it's a 10-7 and 7 Colts team or a 10-7 and 7 Houston team or a Pittsburgh team that we don't think great, they're all te- going to be double-digit wins teams. So they're all pretty good teams, right? Like You're not going to have that where um, you're giving away, obviously, points to teams that are less than you. I get it. Like if they played Pittsburgh, the Bills are better than Pittsburgh. The Bills are better than the Colts. But it's just, I think it's different. But I would say the special teams has been very uh, hit or miss. I'm not going to go on, on a tyrant and call for Matthew Smiley's job at the moment because it doesn't do anybody any justice on January 2nd because he ain't going anywhere. He's not like he's leaving. That's kind of an offseason uh, talking point for Lance and I. Mm-hmm. But I just think the special teams probably needs to be a little more crisper. We saw Deontay Hardy against the Chargers fumble. I, I, I just think it's been a little up and down. And it, look, it could cost you. It could cost you. It could cost you big time against Miami or into the playoffs. So um, that's the one thing I wanted to mention on that. Uh, Lance, let's get to Happy New Year, Jim. Hopefully everyone had a happy uh, Happy New Year. Hopefully 2024 is great for everything. Everybody, hopefully 2024 is great for the Bills. Uh, Lance, let's talk about this, right? Because when the Bills fired Ken Dorsey in the middle of the year, the offense kind of picked up steam a little, right? Like you had the Philly performance uh, that you had. Was Philly's first performance? Yeah, Philly was the first performance. No. No. 
uh, the Jets or thank you. Yeah, the, the Jets, Jets were right after the Broncos. The Jets. There was a Jets. Sorry, I, I was knew I was missing the game. The Jets were his per- first performance. The Bills put off an offensive showcase. Then you had Philly. Yes, um, and he put off another offensive performance. Obviously, the Bills didn't win that game, but that the offense I thought was very good. And then after that, you had an up and down Kansas City Chiefs performance. You had a very Interesting Dallas performance. The offense was really good with 31 points. Passing game wasn't great. doesn't matter if you score 31 points, right? Like, I'll take 31 points, 31 points. Then you had the up-and-down Chargers performance, and then, obviously, the very up-and-down Patriots performance. Lance, heading into Miami, where we think the Bills are going to have to score points well into the 20s, most likely, to win this game. Where where do you see this offense at the moment, or just the struggles, or the up-and-down, or the inconsistencies? Yeah. I'm kind of listening to a lot of different people out there. And one of the things I heard today on One Bills Live with Dan Orlowski, he said um, the Bills gained 10 yards on nine plays where they were pressured, where Josh was pressured, and he just didn't have his composure in his normal game. He had a bad game, one of his worst games of the year. Not the worst game of the year probably, but one of his worst games of the year. Um, he did th- He did throw one interception that was just kind of a – uh, throw it up for grabs type of ball, which obviously safety people just does. People are kind of getting probably numb to it at this point, but it, you know, it's one of those things. I wasn't really worried about the interception. It seemed like he was a little bit um, careless with the ball at time. You know, he got into a couple of those things where he could have pitched it much earlier to Shakir and he waited till he was wrapped up and they almost could have called him uh, forward progress stop, but they didn't. And they, um, end up getting some yards out of that, which was nice, but um, it didn't seem like he was settled. It didn't seem like he had any patience and was able to kind of, he, he obviously stuck some throws in there, but if you look at, you know, he's like a 50% completion rate, 15 for 30. Yeah. 50%. Um, just, yeah. Is It's just, it was a bad game and, and those are going to happen. So, I, I mean, I think that that was, that was this game, the offense, this game, um, didn't go because it just they were off. Um, when Allen did hit some guys, uh, the guys couldn't secure the catch. When Allen should have or could have maybe hit some guys in different plays, um, he either chose to tuck it and run. He had 11 rushes in this game for 44 yards, so it just wasn't um, just wasn't a good game. I think that this is going to happen from time to time. I don't. I think it's more of an anomaly. I, you know. The Patriots aren't the greatest defense out there, but they do have some size up front and were able to just make Josh uncomfortable and, and he didn't play well. And that's um, kind of what Dan Orlowski said on One Bills Live was that same thing and that people aren't necessarily going to like to hear it, but it's just these guys are human too. They're not going to have great games every mm-hmm. single week. And I think this week specifically, I chalk it up more to this, hey, they just didn't play well out there um and specifically josh allen just didn't have a, a great performance and, and you're, mm-hmm. you know there's not really much else to say for me about what the offense did or didn't do it just they didn't necessarily execute they had chances and opportunities you watch the film guys were open at different times and either you know didn't get the read didn't make the throw or tucked and run and didn't get as much yard as they maybe mm-hmm. could have i think it's just Overall, um, they're going to watch the film and, and see that there was a lot of things they could have done better um, in this game. 
when you have 20 points off of four turnovers in the first half, leaves a lot to be desired. Um, better than nothing, you get a pick six in there. So the offense really only contributed 13 points um, to that. And then you get one touchdown off the opening kickoff in the second half. And after that, it's just all um, pedestrian-like performances uh, for the for the remainder of the game. Just Again, not not a great game for, for any one player um, on the offense. And um, and that's this game more specifically, I think, is an, an anomaly or chalk it up to to more of the bad game than anything necessarily wrong with the offense. Yeah, look, I think you, your assessment was pretty spot on there, Lance. I thought early on, I thought the offensive line kind of got bullied a little bit. Sure, and I, yeah. And McDermott did say that I think he and he said they responded well and I do I do think from start to finish the offense got offensive line got better but I do think the early couple possessions for the Bills on offense I think the lack of offensive play, offensive line play and the pass rush that the Patriots were bringing to Allen I think it, I think it made him unsettled right like I think he wasn't comfortable and I think that lasted the full. 60 minutes, even though I thought the offensive line got better, they got pretty solid PFF grades, pass blocks. I just think the beginning of the game, the Bills' offensive line kind of had some early struggles, right? Like, and we haven't seen this a ton this year. And then Allen wasn't settled, right? Like, he just clearly was not himself. Uh, he was missing some open guys. Look, he was missing some open guys. Some guys got to make some catches. Like, Trent Sherfield has to make some catches. Like if you're go if you are going to be on the field, you got to make some plays, man. Uh, Latavius Murray dropped an easy first down. Like yeah. that is stuff, and I get it. It's football, but when your quarterback's struggling and you have a third and short, and he throws a dump off or a first down, you got you you have to make the catch. Like that is just stuff that is one gonna lo- it's gonna lose you a game with Miami. It it stuff like that loses you football games. You have to make plays. So I, th- I thought the receivers weren't great. I think Kincaid dropped another ball once. Like I think the receivers as a whole weren't great. And we can see the Bills. I think the Bills st- are starting to have a bit of a wide receiver issue just as a whole. And we've been clamoring. Like, if you guys watched the college football playoff last night, like Romeo Dunzu, because I-, I tweeted about it. Uh, I don't look. He's not going to get to the Bills if the Bills are picking anywhere in the 20s. I just don't think so. But like he's the type of guy that I think would fit perfectly on this offense, right? A guy that can stretch the field, that but that also a crisp route runner. But like and we're gonna get to I'm gonna get to a draft talk here, but like the Bills are gonna add a receiver in the draft and we'd be clamoring for it. But with the current structure of this team, I think we need our receivers to get separation. They weren't. Like it was not a great overall day from Gabe Davis because he had another one of his only two catches for 21 yards, digs. Four catches for 26 yards. Dalton Kincaid was your best receiver. I thought Shakir, they probably should have used him more. Like, I think Diggs being on the field for 60% of the time is a problem. Like, I, I think we have an issue right there with that because Diggs is really good and he just hasn't been a focal point of this offense. And I tweeted about it starting to become a red flag because it is. Because Sunday's game, Lance, when Allen was struggling, when some other receivers weren't catching the ball, is a game where you force feed Diggs. Yeah. Right, we you and I've talked about it's and Bills fans in general have talked about it. Like sometimes you don't want to be force feeding Diggs, right? Like sometimes that's not what the offense wants because it really it, it turns to turnovers, it turns to Allen making bad decisions, it turns to a one dimensional offense, right? Yeah. But I think we might have to go a little bit back towards that just because of 
the lack of play out around him, right? Like he was struggling. He was 15 for 30. I didn't see enough targets towards Diggs. I didn't see enough plays towards Diggs. And I'm going to give credit to New England. They did a good job defensively in the secondary. But I just thought overall the Bills just didn't have a crisp passing game. I thought the receivers struggled with separation. I thought they didn't force feed Diggs enough in my opinion, right? Like I think that's one of those type of things where – you kind of have to, and he had the best PFF grade, 73.1. Not a great overall PFF grades for the offense as a whole, uh, which makes sense. I just don't know where this offense goes with the weapons they have currently, right? Like, I thought the deep ball to Kincaid was great. I want to see more of that, and I like getting Kincaid involved. But I think it's time where Allen and Diggs have to be a little selfish, Right, like Diggs needs to be on the field for more snaps, and sixty percent is unacceptable in my opinion, unless he's dealing with an injury that the team won't disclose to us. But if he's not, that's unacceptable. He needs to be eighty plus percent of the snaps because he's that good. And I think you have to force feed him a little more. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the injury report come out yet for this week, so it's uh, possible he lands on it. We don't know. Um, You know, people can get nicked up during the game and just need a breather. Maybe he just needs, you know, a few more plays off. And then he can work through it, you know, maybe gets a uh, a Charlie horse or something or a cramp or whatever needs to hydrate, whatever it may be. You know, yeah, you got to yeah. work through those things and then um, come back in the game. So, I, you know, whether or not he had any of that stuff during this game, we don't know. Um, they haven't said. And that's they have every right to say, you know, keep it to, close to the chest if they don't want to disclose that. If they don't have um, to. Why would they didn't they? have any sort of significant responses when asked by the media yesterday and. Um, you know, some people took exception to that and people thought they should have had more time to ask more questions about the same situation. And I just like, dude, what are you going to get out of, um, asking the same question 50 different ways? They're not going to say anything different. So, um, <laughs> I'm not, gonna you know, I, I think that, that uh, you know, for Diggs, he's had, um, you know, double digit targets in eight of the 16 games they've played. Right. And they, I guess six of the last eight have been less than double digits. And maybe that's the concern because six of the first eight were double digits in targets. So um, yeah, the production isn't there, but I think, you know, people, you know, are going to put more focus on digs at this point in the season and it may be harder. Um, Part of the lack of production is his drop rates went up. I think that he's had, we've talked about, um, the swing pass kind of thing or that screen pass they try to do to him. Oh, and anymore, man. and he just, he hasn't been able to execute it. They handed him the ball, um, you know, they did. in the red zone, they, they lined him up in the backfield and handed it to him. So it's not like they're not trying to get the ball in his hands. No, I agree. So I don't think the, um, you know, I don't think that there's any, anything more to say on, on the dig scenario. I don't think it really is a scenario at all. I think just, you know, Joe Brady said, that's the flow of the game. They called what they called in the packages he was in. He was in, and when he wasn't, he wasn't. So, um, you know, if if you need a breather here and there, I think that's um, kind of is what it is. So, I also want to say one final thing on the offense, Lance. Right, like the Patriots right now currently had are the third ranked rush defense in the NFL. So, something that the Bills have leaned on the last couple of weeks, especially obviously in the Dallas game, as we all know, is James Cook in the running game. Right, like, and that wasn't there on. Sunday cook 16 carries for 48 yards. That's three yards per carry. So new England. And we said this on last week's show when we were previewing it, I think new England's 
was still fighting on defense. I didn't. They were fighting on offense, and we kind of saw that. Fourteen points on offense, four turnovers on offense. Mm-hmm. They weren't really fighting on offense on defense. I thought New England was still fighting. Right, like their front seven's pretty good. Their secondary's good. They they have an overall solid defense. Right, second, third best rush defense in the National Football League. So I thought the Bills' inability to run the ball, I thought consistently kind of took them off script a bit. And I just think Allen wasn't on his A game. Right, like if Allen's on his A game, you don't need to worry about the run game. But they couldn't even they couldn't when when they saw Allen struggling they couldn't like oh let's go to the run game let's kind of lean on the run game like like we did in Dallas right and that was a different right. philosophy because they were running seven yards every time they touched the ball in Dallas but in this game they just couldn't find it they couldn't sustain a running game like they their average totally total three point four yards per carry um, we saw them line up Diggs. Diggs took a carry for five yards. They used Ty Johnson a couple times. Uh, Allen had 11 runs. Like, like they were they were trying on offense, and it just wasn't pretty. It wasn't smooth. i got to give credit to New England there. Like, I think last week I said defensively they're still fighting, and they clearly are still fighting on defense. So, Yeah, the running back production just wasn't there, and I think that's this offense relies on good running back production uh, throughout the few weeks that Joe Brady's been – uh, the interim OC, one catch on three targets for James Cook, and then no other running back had a catch. Uh, yeah. Tavis Murray, obviously, with that drop, uh, didn't see Ty Johnson get involved a ton um, in the passing games, yeah. and then had five carries, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you got to have production. We did not see the bullies up front um, that we saw in, during the Dallas game come out. Um, you know, Christian Barmore is obviously a huge uh, factor for the New England defensive line, and he played a huge factor in what the bills were and were not able to do um, in the run game. I think this week let's flip over to the Buffalo bills defense and what a turn of events. This bills defense has had obviously with all the injuries, uh, Trey white, Micah Hyde missing time, Daquan Jones, Matt Milano. And obviously the list goes on for guys that have missed time. AJ Benenza missed a little time. Gregory. So is missed time, right? All of the above. Obviously, they got Bills got Daquan Jones back on defense this this week, which was a huge, huge sigh of relief, obviously, but just a huge addition. And the Bills forced four, four turnovers on defense. Uh, Christian Benford had a, one of the great plays of the day, a strips, uh, strip fumble that kind of just ripped into his hands. Christian Benford, week end and week out, continues to make plays. Uh, obviously, Rasul Douglas had a nice tip that led to a – I didn't know Ed Oliver had those hands. And Ed Oliver, great interception. Nice play by Russell Douglas. Great catch by Ed Oliver. And then, obviously, two more great plays by Russell, Russell Douglas. Had another interception as well. And then, as well, an, an, and also a pick six. So, the Bills defense shows up. Corners show up. The, the pass rush shows up. Give a little pressure on the Patriots. Uh, Zappi took three sacks. The rush defense only gave up 2.8 yards per carry. They didn't do a great job of keeping Zappy in the pocket. He had a good running game, 37 yards and 7.4 carries, but Zeke 2.8 yards per carry. Lance, I know I just listed some good things about the defense, but like how happy were you with the defensive performance on Sunday? Yeah, really couldn't have been happier. I think obviously whenever you're taking the ball away, um, helping win in the turnover battle, that's going to lead to the success. You just, again, wish the offense could have done a little bit more than um, two field goals that they got. Um, obviously they did score one, convert one into a touchdown, but you know, moving forward, we're going to need um, more and more to convert these opportunities into touchdowns and not settle for field goals. Um, Greg Rousseau, great game uh, rushing the passer as well. 
Um, just a, a, a solid game overall by Greg Rousseau. Um, you know, they're getting guys like Terrell Bernard and Jordan Poyer and uh, Teron Johnson just really well involved in this pass rush and kind of their blitzing tech techniques here. Um, they've been, you know, running the the cross with the middle line, with the linebackers, been able to cross them and and confuse the the offensive lines here the last couple of weeks as well um, to get some pressure. So uh, McDermott dialing it up, and I think that one of the biggest things people are so quick to like jump on McDermott's case for whatever reason. They've people, the Bills fans um, aren't aren't uh, or some Bills fans just aren't fans of McDermott, but I just think this this performance, this type of performance, is exactly why. I prefer McDermott to be the coach because I just don't think there's another coach out there that's going to really allow this defense to perform the way it is right now. And um, the big the big need is to uh, get this offense going, and that's going to key in on the the offensive coordinator. So um, defensively, like you you mentioned everything you could really say about it, but but great um, pressure and and scheme this week from the defense and it, it turned out to, to lead to takeaways and, and that's how you win games. How about Terrell Bernard? Another amazing performance. He's having one of the best years from a, a middle linebacker we've seen in a while for the bills. Obviously there was a ton of questions heading into this year. Uh, you and I talked about this a ton over the summer. What do the bills do at middle linebacker? Is it Terrell Dodson? Is it obviously Doran Williams? Is it Terrell Bernard? And obviously, Dodson's played a ton this year and he's played pretty well just because of the Matt Milano injury. But Bernard, another great performance. He finished the day with another two sacks, 10 tackles, tied for first in the team with tackles on Sunday with Jordan Poirier, who also had 10. Uh, but Terrell Bernard, 10 tackles, uh, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Another great performance for Terrell Bernard, who keeps making plays and is one of the most valuable players to this team's defense. And something that I never thought I was going to say over the summer or when the Bills drafted him. But shout out for shout out to him for I guess proving all the doubters and haters wrong because and you know who you are if you're into listening. This this is literally everybody that was on social media bashing the Terrell Bernard pick two years ago. And it's he's completely proved that maybe we should probably trust the GM over us on Twitter. Hundred percent. I mean think, I think that's kind of why you know, I try to choose more positivity and optimism with these things because we don't know yeah. how yeah. this stuff's going to turn out. Just with Bills fans, it's so easy because of the uh, drought era and things like that to just turn towards negativity and, and mm -hmm. thinking that things aren't going to work out. I get it. Totally get it. But, um, you know, I always like to play the long game and wait and see. But I 100% was on the – what? why did we pick Terrell Bernard? It was yeah. a basic pick. And I'm boy, was I wrong, but I'm totally happy to have been wrong. So I'm totally happy. I'm not making the decision. I love the draft and I think I know somewhat about the draft, uh, but nowhere near obviously. Uh, and obviously a lot of Bills fans on Twitter think they do know more than the so-called experts. And that gets them in trouble when you go back and look at the receipts, because I know you people know who you are when the best to open on. And I obviously wasn't a huge fan of the pick. So I can be honest with you. I was wrong. Lance, I think you, you just said you were wrong. Um, Never, it's not a bad thing to admit you, you're wrong if it turns out well for the Bills. Sure, um, absolutely. So, yeah, Terrell Bernard keeps proving uh, his performance is great. I think the secondary was great. I thought Hyde and Poyer were pretty good back there. Mm -hmm. I thought they kind of did their thing. But Rasul Douglas is probably the best in-season acquisition Brandon Bean has made 
I don't have another one that really comes to mind that pops like Rasul amazing, amazing Rivers. pickup. I think Rizal Douglas was exactly what the Bills needed. Obviously, with the void that Trey White left being injured, and um, Rizal Douglas comes in and maybe outperforms what Trey White would have been in that spot, even. So, uh, just an amazing pickup, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of how he even improve you know he's just going to keep getting better and better in this defense as he plays in it so you also you also got to find a way to get him back on this roster next year whatever you got to do he needs to be in the roster next year and he's actually outperformed jalen johnson and we all we all were clamoring for jalen johnson from chicago obviously he was a little younger but i thought rasul douglas has been one of the best cornerbacks in football the last month and a half just because one lance we saw we saw in the jets game we saw in a handful of other games he takes the ball away like that was his one of his good things he did in Green Bay uh, in his breakout year two years ago when he was taking the ball away. And once again, two turnovers, right? Like, if you're going to do that and you're going to consistently take the ball away and give off the offense, who obviously didn't do a great job of capitalizing um, on Sunday, the ball, it, it just helps. And obviously, you know what, with Sue Douglas, I'll take a couple more pick sixes. If you if you want to if you want to house it a couple more times, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I'm not going to complain um, if you do that, but I think he, he's probably been Brandon Bean's best in-season pickup. I don't think another one even comes close. Yeah, hands down. Okay. Ooh, Matt Holman's coming in. Or Rasul Douglas, Benford, Taron Johnson, the best cornerback trio in the NFL. I have no idea. Be yeah, honest. they're probably close, but I, it, you know, I, I, I the problem is like I can't name like three. I, I can name corners. I'm not saying I don't know corners. It's just like trying yeah. to figure out who. <laughs> Who's a yeah, I don't know. I don't know a team's nickel corner as well as I know ours. Obviously, we have the best nickel corner in the league. Exactly. And then Roswell Douglas performing as one of the best outside corners. Benford's been very well, very good as well. So I mean, I think that uh, they got to be in the top three. The um, Jets are up there. Sauce Garner, Sauce Garner, DJ Reed. Yeah. Jets, I mean, performance-wise, I just you know name name-wise, we're gonna find better. But yeah, performance-wise, I think they're top three. Well, right now, according to PFF, the Bills are fourth in coverage so if i don't know what that does you the jets are one the ravens are two 49ers are three the bills are four so the top five in coverage according to pff that's all that matters so they're definitely in the top echelon of the league when it comes to cornerback play and look lance if you and i were talking on january 2nd 2024 two years ago and our two best corners would be rasul douglas and christian benford i would have probably said you're crazy and I also asked who the heck is Christian Benford because I had never heard of him two years ago. <laughs> I knew Rasul Douglas was two years ago, but if you like Peter, Christian Benford, and Rasul Douglas are going to be part of the, a top five secondary corner PFF and the Bills helping the Bills obviously get to where they want to at the moment. I would have been like, Lance, you probably should stop talking. And I also asked, obviously, who the heck is Christian Benford because I didn't know about him two years ago. So it's funny. It's fun. Look, the both Christian Bedford pick was great. Obviously, the Russell Douglas trade was great. Taron Johnson's been great for years. Uh, and obviously, they have Dane Jackson stashed back there as well, who's 100% a very good third corner or third boundary corner for the Bills. So, And they also have Kyrie Elam. Yeah. So Now, they have plenty of guys. They got corners out there. And, but uh, it also... We'll, we'll get to this next. I know we're ready scenarios. Uh, we'll get to this obviously in the offseason with the Trey White. With if they bring back Russell Douglas with Benford, and obviously what they do with Trey White will be a, a fascinating and also maybe a little bit of a sad conversation. Uh, we could have in the offseason. Let's hope we don't have to talk, start talking about that until well, February. But let's playoff scenarios. Let's get cooking, man. Yeah, obviously, um, 
the biggest thing is, hey, we win this game against Miami and the Bills are the number two seed. Um, there's not really much else uh, out there for that. You, you win and you're the two seed. And I like that. all the season, you know, the whole up, all the roller coaster ride of the season, all the ups and downs, and, and here you are um, going into the playoffs as the two seed, I think um, would bode very well for Buffalo. It paves the road. I mean, there's just teams who have had other injuries, major injuries that are quarterbacks and things like that. And and this the way the chips fell here, everything's right in front of you. So, I mean, going out, winning the game in Miami gives you obviously the best playoff scenario you could, you could have. If they do not win on Sunday, then it gets a little dicey. You need help and it's not very promising for who you no. need help from. Yeah. I know you hate talking about this, but I'll lay out what you guys, what you need help. So Saturday, like I said in the beginning of the show, is very important. So this is before. So Saturday night, we could be talking about the Bills quench the playoff spot. That that's that's a realist, not a real. That's a it's a, a potential option, right? Steelers Ravens is at either four or four thirty on Sunday. If the Ravens win over Pittsburgh, the Bills clinch a playoff spot. And right now, the Ravens are locked into the one. And there's a lot of people floating on Twitter. Do they play their starters? Obviously, Jim Harbaugh hasn't come out. Uh, not Jim Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. Sorry, Jim Harbaugh is the Michigan coach. John Harbaugh has not come out and said, which, what are they doing, right? We saw a couple years ago, Lance, when the Ravens rested their starters and then they came out flat against Tennessee in a playoff game and they lost. So I don't know what Baltimore does on Saturday. We we'll obviously know as the week goes on, but the Ravens do have to keep in mind if they rest, let's say 95% of the starters, right? Lamar, uh, some of the key defensive players, Roquan Swift, Patrick Queen, all those type of players, Lance, it's going to be two weeks off for them because they won't play this weekend. Then they have the bye. So we're not, we're talking about a Ravens team that will have two weeks off. That could be good for guys that are, have lingering injuries that are dealing with a foot injury, a neck injury, a shoulder injury, whatever. But guys that are fully healthy at this point, fully healthy of the year, are going to be a little rusty heading into into two weeks. That, that's it's a legit possibility. So right, so the Ravens Steelers. So if the Ravens beat the Steelers, the Bills clinch a playoff spot. Another scenario on Sunday. This game is at one o'clock. So this game is also before the Bills uh, kick off on Sunday Night Football. Titans Jaguars. If the Titans beat the Jaguars, the Bills also clinch a playoff spot. So there's two different scenarios in this situation, right? This is we're thinking wild card. I'm thinking division, but I'll, I'll lay out the wild card if. Both the Ravens and the Titans win their games. Ravens over the Steelers and the Titans win over the Jaguars. The Bills will be the sixth seed. If only one of those two happen, the Bills will be a seventh seed. So if only the Titans win or only if the Ravens win, the Bills will be a seventh seed. Obviously, if both those don't happen and the Bills fail to win Sunday night, the Bills will be sitting at home and Lance and I will be very sad on Tuesday. But obviously, we will know potentially Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, or you'll definitely know heading into Sunday Night Football if the Bills have a playoff spot clinched. So that is the scenario they're looking for. They did not get great help from Seattle over the weekend. Seattle beating Pittsburgh would have clinched the Bills a playoff spot. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the last thing that I don't believe we said is the, the Houston and Indy game, if it ends in a tie, wow. also the Bills. I mean, I know it's not likely, but we do have to mention it. For, for the information out there, Fair. if You're right. the Indian Houston game does end in a tie, um, that will definitely uh, bode well for the Bills. 
Yeah, so look, obviously Lance and I are obviously everyone's shooting for the division, right? I would like on Saturday night for the Bills to have a playoff spot. And obviously them being either a six or seven seed, having to go to Kansas City or having to go to Miami again is not ideal, right? Like is not an ideal situation. It is more ideal for the Bills to be a two seed and hosting Houston or Indy or Pittsburgh, right? Like those are the more ideal situations. But I would like to go to bed Saturday night with the Bills having a playoff spot clinched. That's just my opinion. Not my opinion. Everyone would have agree, agree with that. If you don't agree with that, you're kind of crazy. Uh, as a Bills fan, uh, I don't know who wouldn't, but I would. So we're big Ravens fans on Saturday. Uh, and then obviously we're big Titans fans on Sunday. And obviously we're even bigger Bills fans on Sunday night. So it's crazy. It's it's like, and if you're like, oh, I can have a nice, enjoyable Saturday. I don't have to worry about any games. Nope. Oh, also Houston and Indy play Saturday night as well. Okay, okay. so you, we are rooting for, oh my God, imagine that's, Imagine goes to overtime. Oh my God, Bill's I'm Twitter rooting, would be. I'm rooting for the tie. I'm rooting, that's, we, that's my big root. That's my this, big. I'm gonna put that bet on that. That it ends in a tie. Let's say the Steelers beat the Ravens, right? On Saturday, Steelers are currently like three point favorites, and if that Titan, not Titans, uh, Colts, Texans game goes to overtime. Bill's Twitter is gonna have an absolute like meltdown. Oh yeah, it's gonna be chaotic. I'm all for the chaotic situation there. Uh, obviously. I'm ready for the Bills to win uh, Saturday night, Sunday night. So we don't have to deal with this. Okay. You want to talk some Dolphins? Let's do it. Let's talk some Dolphins. Lance, we have – this is obviously, guys, Lance and I's first year doing the show together uh, in season. We did. We started in the spring, I think. We started, Lance, you and I, yep. doing the show. So we have spring to talk about. We had summer. We had the draft. We, talked, we started doing around the draft time. So we obviously had draft summer but this is lance and i's first full season so i just want to say quickly thank you to everyone that listened to lance and i in 2023 uh if you're on facebook youtube and twitter all the audio platforms we really appreciate it. i should have mentioned this earlier in the show obviously it's 2024 so we appreciate everyone that tunes in every tuesday night uh at eight o'clock takes an hour out of their evening out of their time with their family with their kids or whatever you guys are doing and you guys do great numbers on facebook and youtube and twitter for us so we really appreciate it i know lance appreciates it and i appreciate it and everyone that's in the comment section i know we always don't get to everybody in the comment section uh and i see roy and izzy are getting me in my math it's actually three weeks i, I I'm, I'm with you because i forgot this week exists um but yes i appreciate we appreciate everyone that listens to this show and hopefully you guys continue listening into 2024. Okay. I feel like I forgot to say that, Lance, and that just came to my mind. And Izzy's right. That's three weeks of rest, way too long. Uh, play a half. Izzy's clamoring for the Ravens to play a half. Uh, we'll see what they do on Saturday. And Rory also brought it up before. It's three weeks. So I for- I didn't count this week. Lance, it is time to get to Dolphins. Bills versus Dolphins for the AFC East on Sunday Night Football. What else could you have asked for besides, I guess, an undefeated season? I don't know. Or maybe them beating Denver. But Bills, Dolphins, Lance, what are we looking for in this game? Yeah, before we go there, real quick, it is plus 5,000 to bet the tie on Indian Houston. You're going to do it, aren't you? Uh, you Go that route. Throw a little cash on on that tie there. Uh, You don't want to jinx it too much, but sprinkle it in. Plus 5,000 odds. Why not? So, Bills... (laughs) And Dolphins. Yes, sorry. I had to had to look, look that up. Um, obviously, we mentioned how Josh Allen <clears throat> had a bad game this past week against New England. It was kind of one of those weeks where we thought, 
all right, Josh Allen comes out, could really cement himself as a league MVP candidate and those kind of things. And obviously it didn't work out that way, but the Bills still got a victory regardless. This week can't have that, have to have Josh taking what the defense gives him. Um, you would assume the Dolphins are going to probably try to play a shell and rush. Um, they don't have too many pass rushers left anymore. But they're two of their top pass rushers are down and, and gone for the season. But, um, you know, they're going to rush three or four guys and probably drop into coverage and try to uh, take that passing game away. So big thing is taking what the defense gives you. And then we have to see the Bills offensive line um, open some run ha- run uh, lanes here this game. We have to have James Cook uh, being more effective this week and really being able to run the ball effectively. If we if the Bills can run the ball effectively this week, mm-hmm. it just opens up the entire game and allows um, allows this offense to operate at full capacity. Yeah, the Dolphins are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, Lance. They're dealing with Jalen Waddle, their second best receiver, most likely won't play in this week's game. Xavier Howard, their second best cornerback, won't play. Jalen Phillips has been out for the year for a couple weeks, and then Bradley Chubb. And look, we never root for this. Obviously, Bradley Chubb with a, a torn ACL with three minutes right. left uh, in that blowout loss against Baltimore. I put it out on Twitter, and I just put like an unbiased post. I was like, this is just an absolute coaching blunder by Miami that you know Jalen Phillips is already out for the year. You need edge rushers. You're down more than double digits with three minutes left in the game, and he's still on the field. That That's an absolute uh, mismanagement by Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniels and uh, Vic Fangio. So they're dealing with Jalen Phillips, Connor Williams, one of their best O-linemen's been out for a while. I think he's out for the year. He is out for the year. So they're dealing with a ton of injuries. Xavier Howard, right? Like Xavier Howard, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, uh, Bradley Chubb, they're two best pass rushers. Lance, the Bills have to find a way, I agree with you, run the ball, right? Like if they can run the ball, control the clock, uh, stay away from Miami's quick strike offense. And look, Miami struggled against Baltimore, but they didn't struggle on the ground. Devin Asheen, who's having one of the best rookie years when he is healthy, obviously Raheem Mostert did not play, had 14 carries for 107 yards, which is a 7.6 clip. You got to slow down that, right? Like, even with that, Miami struggled because Tua struggled without Jalen Waddle. I think this offense is very different where when they don't have their two speed stars, when obviously Tyreek Hill by himself is great because he's Tyreek Hill, but, but he's banged up too. He's banged up, and the Bills' defense can scheme a lot better when you don't have to deal with two speedsters. When you have one speedster, you can defend that, and you'll live with Durham Smythe and Cedric Wilson Jr. and Braxton Berrios beating you, right? If those guys go off, they did, Miami deserves to win the game, right? If that happens, mm-hmm. that happens. The Bills limit Tyree Kill, limit the deep balls, no quick strikes. Make Miami grind you out. Make Miami play a tough game. Miami's not physical they're not built a lot of the physical players are not playing Jalen Phillips Bradley Chubb they're they're hurt in the secondary I I don't know if Miami's that type of grinded out team like you don't you have to run the ball like Baltimore threw the ball 21 times eight obviously Lamar was 18 for 21 with five touchdowns so this doesn't have to be a a 45 40 pass attempt day for Josh Allen. I just think if he's efficient, I think if he gets the ball quick, finds his receivers, and the Bills can lean on their run game. Baltimore, obviously, they have Omar running, but average five yards a clip on the ground. I think if the Bills lean on their run game, Allen just kind of takes what the defense gives him, becomes efficient. I don't know if Miami has right now, which is weird, 
the firepower on offense to keep up. Like I don't without Jalen Waddle, they're banged up on the pass rush. I do think Allen's going to have time to throw the ball uh, more than he did in New England. They're banged up in the secondary, right? Like the Miami's t- Miami's coming in really banged up. The Bills, I know it wasn't a great performance on Sunday, are coming in with four straight wins. They feeling themselves. They know what is at stake. This game favors Buffalo at the moment right now. Right. Yeah, and I think they have to stay within themselves. And I'm more worried about the defensive players here when I say let's not let the emotions uh, get the best of us here. When you're as the Buffalo Bills, you really need to stay within the game, stay within yourself, and do not let emotions cause game-altering penalties. I, th- I saw a comment there where the, if the Bills just play the Dolphins and not the Dolphins and the and the refs, but the Bills can help themselves with that a little bit too. Um, they cannot let uh, emotions run too high and get themselves into too many penalty situations that take them either out of position on offense or uh, at a disadvantage on defense. So you really need to stay disciplined and make sure to limit uh, shooting yourself in the foot and, and getting untimely penalties. Yeah, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. You can't turn the ball over if you're Buffalo on offense like Baltimore. Uh, I don't know if they had a turnover. I don't remember. No, they did. They had one turnover. Gus Edwards had a fumble loss, but Lamar didn't turn the ball over. No interceptions. Was only sacked once. Like I don't know if Miami has the firepower on, on the edge, but they, look, they still have Tyreek Hill. They still have Devin Asheen. Both guys can take it to the house at any moment. And if mm-hmm. Tua kind of plays within himself, and Tua did not have a good game against Baltimore, uh, it's 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 obviously in the cards for Miami. Look, we the, the knock on Miami is they don't play well against above five hundred teams, or they don't play well against really good teams. Their best win this year is Dallas, and Dallas is very up and down. And Dallas at home, we you and I when we, we previewed this game, Dallas on the road is totally different. Dallas on the road looks like you and I playing out there. Dallas at home looks like the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Dallas Cowboys, right? Like that type of team. So Miami obviously got them at home and they and they beat them. And obviously that game was close. So this game's in Miami. It's not a it's it's I think the weather's gonna be okay. I, like this game yeah, no concerns. The Bills are three and four on the road. Um, so they've you know kind of split. Not um, they have a chance to make that four and four and, and make it a true split. But the Dolphins are seven one at home, so very uh, much. Uh, but the Bills right now favored in the spread minus three. Um, it started at one, but I think it's because again, like you mentioned, just Miami missing so many pieces. They have a lot of injuries. Mostert might play, might not. Um, there's belief that I've read and heard that Mostert could play this week. So um, he's not out of the picture by any means, but Waddle, obviously, probably not. Um, I think Xavier Howard. There it is. He's week doubtful. to week. Anytime and, they say uh, week to week, they don't play the first week. Yep. So, you know, th- those guys are, are big. Um, but, the, yeah, they have, like you said, they have HN and they have uh, uh, Hill still. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely – um, reason to believe that Miami could move the ball. And if the Bills um, don't stay disciplined and, and don't maintain their integrity on defense, that's one of the other notes I had on the keys of this game is just, you know, maintaining the integrity and discipline um, that it requires to play in the Sean McDermott scheme. Uh, pe- these guys have to remain vigilant and keep after um, the attack that they're that they're providing that McDermott's laying out in his game plan. So I really think that um, it, it really is more play within yourself. The whole team, if they just kind of play within the system and, and don't get too excited 
in the moment to try to make too big of a play, um, it, it all uh, could turn out very well for the Bills. And that's what they've done well for most of the year. Um, and most of this this stretch run here is just kind of play within themselves and and do what they're being asked uh, as the individual. And, and that creates a greater team good. Yeah, Roy just took my point right there, of course. Uh, thanks, Roy. Uh, uh, look, with Jalen Ramsey being on one side of the field, and Jalen Ramsey's tend to stick on one side of the field. That's what he started to do towards the end of his career, or the latter part of his career. Xavier Howard being out, it's going to be Eli Apple or Kaderi Kahu. And we all remember Kaderi Kahu. I'm so butchering his name right now. He's the guy that missed the tackle on Diggs, and they absolutely got torched by Diggs early in the year. We also remember Eli Apple, right? Like, Eli Apple has had some uh, interesting back and forth with the Bills. He has had some interesting back and forth with multiple teams, including the Chiefs and some other said teams. So that matchup lance favors the Bills. Is it Diggs when they shift Diggs to the other side? Is it Gabe Davis? Is it Cole Shakir? Is it Don Kincaid? Right, like, I don't want to be talking on Tuesday night that the Bills offense didn't flourish because there is no excuse that this offense can't get by the secondary, right? Like I think without Xavier Howard, the secondary is reeling. And we saw what they did on early in the year. Obviously they didn't have Ramsey, but they were still playing Eli Apples and Kaderi Kahu. Like that's who was playing early in the year. And the Bills absolutely torched Miami for 48 points, right? Like I think I don't want to be talking on Tuesday night that this offense didn't shine in the passing game, right? Like, look, I don't want to be talking about a loss, but I can stomach, I'm not going to stomach it, but like, it's a little, if, if we sh- don't show up through the air, I'm going to be very disappointed. It's going to leave a lot, obviously a lot of questions heading into the off season with this receiving core. But this game favors Diggs, it favors Gabe Davis, it favors Kincaid, it favors all the receiving guys, and it favors Josh Allen just because of, I think, the lack of pass rush Miami's currently dealing with and the injuries in the secondary. So I think this game favors the Bills passing attack a little more than I think maybe I would have thought a couple weeks ago if we were looking at this game. Yeah, I think you know, Kater Kohu is who you're trying Kater. to say. Um, and I think that <clears throat> the Bills, have yeah, they have to come out and be able to throw the ball. But I think the, the way that that happens is through effectively running the ball at first because the, the Dolphins are going to drop back and take away the pass to begin the game. And the only way to get them out of that is to start running the ball effectively and make them come up and play more in the box. And then that should open up things, um, you know, in the secondary, but my, that's my big key for this game is I'm going to look at the running back or the, um, the running game effectiveness and the use of the running backs. Like I mentioned, um, not, not very productive day, especially in the passing game um, this past week. So look for them to, to have, um, a bigger role and a bigger day in Miami. The biggest thing too, is like we mentioned earlier, we got to score touchdowns, especially when you get the ball in the red zone, um, you got to score six points. You cannot score three uh, consistently. And if they're able to do that, um, obviously get to that 30 mark, 30 point mark and above, uh, it's going to bode very well for their success. Um, The biggest thing, one of the bigger things on defense, limit the big play, right? We talked about Devin Achan. He's had <clears throat> he's had uh, a pretty good uh, season so far as a rookie, and you know he didn't break out too many big plays against the Ravens that that cost the Ravens, but he still had a good chunk. You know, seven would you say seven point four, seven point six yards yeah. of carry there 
against Baltimore. So uh, limiting the big play, we saw a couple of big plays um, that New England was able to hit, you know, allowed them to score. Uh, Zappy ran in a 17-yard score after uh, earlier on that drive. I think they had a big run um, from the younger guy. I think it was 36. I'm not sure his name. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, when the Bills limit the big play, um, and that probably goes for just about any team, so it's easy to say, but but really um, gonna gonna be able to be a key success for the Bills without having you know those home runs. Matt Holman's coming in. Have we seen the last of Von Miller this season? Obviously, Von Miller was a healthy scratch on Sunday. The Bills went with four five edge rushers: Kingsley Jonathan, Gregory Rousseau, Shaq Lawson, AJ Empanenza, and Leonard Floyd. Yes, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, uh, oh, think oh, that, oh, no. I think that it was a strategic. Um, you think it was strategic? You know, to have him left off or to be inactive this past. You know what? You're right. It's going to be a more physical game against New England. Um, they needed uh, more physical players. They wanted to have guys like Shaq Lawson and Kingsley Jonathan in reserves rather than having Von Miller in reserves. They didn't really need uh, the pass rush to be or they didn't need, need as many pass rushers to be mm-hmm. um, in that game. So I think this game um, goes a little bit differently. I think you need a little bit more pass rush juice out there, and I could see him back in the lineup. Yeah, you know what? You just changed my answer. I agree. I think it was more of a it was a different type of game. I, I would expect them him to play on Sunday, I think, now. Uh, we, we will see. But he's definitely not in the top tier of the rotation. The three guys that should be getting the majority of the snaps is A.J. Penenza, Leonard Floyd, Gregory so those yeah. guys need to be getting so and Leonard Floyd have played lights out Epines has had a great year when he was healthy so I yeah. think that that's a hundred percent uh right um as Vaughn you know continues to work through and, and progress coming back from that ACL I think um you know we're gonna see him uh this week and I think we're gonna see him throughout the playoffs as well it feels like so long ago we were talking about Von Miller when he's gonna be healthy and when he's gonna be active it doesn't feel like it was two years ago now yeah, boy, another thing I think this offseason where I was dead wrong is, you know, saying he might come out and play week one. I thought he was going to make a great recovery, and he just hasn't um, mm-hmm. hasn't looked like himself, hasn't looked like uh, really much of a productive NFL pass yeah. rusher at any or defensive end, you know, at any mm-hmm. rate. So I think that um, definitely leaves a little bit to be disappointed about, but I think as you see him work through his progression and, and healing, that you you hope um, you know he starts to gain some of that juice back, but doesn't it feel like it was like six years ago? Yeah, like we, you and I talked about that over the summer. We talked about it early, in the beginning of the year, like when is Von Miller coming back? And that was such a big July and August conversation during our shows uh, throughout the week. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like forever. Okay, so you talked about keys to the game. I, like, I think you got to get after Tua, right? Like we every time we play the Dolphins or every team that plays against Miami, Tua struggles with pressure, right? He's not great with pressure. He hasn't been great over the years. And I think Miami's banged up a little bit on the O-line. Obviously, Connor Williams, their starting center, has been out for a couple weeks. I think Baltimore did a great job of pressure inside and pressure outside. Uh, and they, obviously, Baltimore's really good. And I think the Bills can do that, right? Like Terrell Bernard, two sacks. They can yeah. get it with Rousseau. They can get it with uh, – sorry, they can get it so – yeah, the Bills' pressure is very good. They can get it with Terrell Bernard. They can get it with Rousseau. They can get it with Floyd, A.J. Benetta. But they've also been able to get it up front. I thought Tim Settle had a very good game. Even though PFF yeah. doesn't say it, I thought Tim Settle 
watching in the stands was very dynamic, wreaked havoc, uh, was in on every play, and obviously Ed Oliver. So the Bills can give you can give three different looks when it comes to pass rushing. The Bills have three different ways of getting after the quarterback. They can get it through the linebackers with Terrell Bernard, edge rushers with Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, and A.J. Benetta, and then up the middle with Ed Oliver and company. I just don't think we have yeah, seen and that. And off the edge. We've seen Teron Johnson and others yeah. come off the edge. Uh, Boyer and stuff like that. And Boyer, you know, these guys, yeah. all, all, th- all, four, you know, all three levels of the line, uh, mm-hmm. the linebackers and the, and the secondary guys are very, very good at blitzing and, and kind of getting after uh, the quarterback. Yeah. I think the, you hit the nail on the head now with Daquan Jones back in the middle and Helps then Kuna it. Ford actually played a pretty good role as well next to Tim Settle, I think, this past week. So kind of helps. I think we can really get a nice four-man rush this week, um, you know, with our ends and our D tackles. And then if you sprinkle in some pressure there from the second level, uh, it'll definitely uh, increase the pressure on Tua. But I think we're we're going to have to, and I think we will, do a great job of getting pressure with just the defensive line. And that's a big thing about having Daquan Jones back is if you're not doubling him, um, then he's going to beat you. And if you are doubling him, then it just leaves Ed Oliver to wreak havoc as well. And then if those guys are taken care of, it's going to be very hard to take care of Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa and Leonard Floyd on the outside. So I think that just this lineup now with Daquan Jones returning, is just giving the bills, um, a very, very dominant uh, front line. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bills have, like I said, like you said as well, different ways to get after the quarterback, and I think that bodes well for the Bills. Okay. That being said, our favorite portion of the show, score prediction time. Last week, my dad was mad because I didn't say his score prediction, so this time he texted it to me. My dad has Bills 27, Dolphins 24. He has the Bills winning by three, so I just wanted to put that out there. Obviously, the Bills started at one-point favorite at the time on Tuesday night. It has shifted to the Bills minus three, so the money's moving towards the Bills and all that fun stuff. You can take with that whatever you whatever you want, but let us know in the comment section what you guys got. I was supposed to put out our score prediction tweet on Sunday for the Bills-Patriots. Somehow that got lost in the absolute abyss of social media because I don't know what I went. I have no idea what happened to that tweet. I scheduled it Friday night knowing because I'm driving up to Buffalo, knowing that I'm going to be not on my computer, don't have access to the video, right? Schedule it. Don't know where it is, man. Don't know when I scheduled it for. Maybe 2024. Maybe December. Dude, it might uh, come out in 2024. It might come out in 2026. I swear, man. I don't know. (laughs) I got to find out if I can go look at past scheduled tweets. I think you can. Uh, but I don't know what happened to that. No idea. So that's on me. If you guys were waiting for that tweet, I don't know who, who's waiting for that tweet. But uh, oh, you know what? It said fa- found it. Yep, you were right. Next year. Stupid idiot. Um. Okay. Messed that one up. December thirty first, twenty twenty four. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. This week, uh, I'm gonna go thirty to twenty. Buffalo Bills win by ten in Miami and get the two seed and secure the AFC East crown uh, for the fourth straight year. I like it. 30 to 20. Robbie's coming in 28 to 12 bills. Interesting. I hope Robbie's right. 12 is an interesting number to get to. It's just just an interesting number to get to. Holman's coming in 29-28 bills. Jacob is coming in 38-35 bills. 
Jacob Smith, another Jacob, Jacob Smith Sr., Buffalo 40, Miami 31. Score doesn't tell the whole story. I think Buffalo dominates for three quarters, and Miami scores late to make it look close. I like your score, Lance. I was going back and forth with this. So for my Bills versus Dolphins score prediction, I got Bills 28, Miami 24. I think the Bills do enough offensively. And my biggest key to this game, or biggest factor, I think Miami is really banged up, right? Like they're banged up on the outside of Jalen Waddle. They're banged up in the interior of the offensive line. They're also banged up on the edge with Jalen Phillips and uh, Bradley Chubb. And they're also banged up in the secondary, Xavier Howard. Like a lot of those key facets that strengths or that towards or that have strengths towards Miami have are just really banged up at the moment. I think that really factors the Bills. I think their passing game kind of gets back on track. They're able to run. And I like the Bills 28-24. I think we're going to sweat it out, Lance. I know you have a 10-point win. I think we're going to sweat it out. I think it's one of those type of games. Yeah, I think uh, I think that, you know, it may it may be closer than what I think. But again, I you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that the Bills couldn't uh, it couldn't be 23-20, you know, kind of game and then the yeah. Bills kind of just seal it late with a touchdown, that kind of thing. So uh, you know, for me, I that was kind of my thought. And um, I'm just hoping they get back to the 30-point plateau. They did first couple of weeks of Joe Brady's uh, tenure, and then they kind of have been, you know, they played the Chiefs, so they're not going to score 30. That's fine with me. Uh, played the Cowboys, did score uh, 30. And then uh, the last couple of games here against the Chargers and Patriots just haven't played well, uh, played well enough to score 30. So hopefully, again, hey. they kind of iron those things out and actually have a game here. And and go more towards what uh, these guys are thinking with the 40s, uh, even and, and going that well. So so I'm definitely looking to be wrong here and having the offense score even more than 30. That'd be great. Look, I don't care if it's pretty. If it's not pretty, if I'm stressing for three and a half hours, when it's 11:35 or 11:40, whatever time it is on the East Coast, when that fourth quarter hits zero and the Bills have more points than Miami, if that's the case, I'll be happy. Right, like I think it's one of those games where throw out everything, put all, put all your put all your tricks, pull out all the stops for this type of game. And look, we've talked about this. The Bills play down to competition, and it's it's pretty evident, Lance. Like you play Dallas, you play Kansas City, some really good teams. Kansas City just went Super Bowl. Dallas has a chance to, if they win to get the two seed. Bills beat uh, Kansas City, smoke Dallas, and then they play down to Chargers and the Patriots, who had nothing to play for. The nature of this team, Miami has everything to play for. You're hopefully they don't play down. If they play down, that's good because I think Miami's a very good team. So we'll see what happens. Robbie's asking. He put 12 just because he thinks Miami's banged up. Yeah, Robbie, I think 12 is an interesting number to put, but I do agree. I think Miami's banged up. That's one of the reasons I think the Bills win, just because yeah. Miami's banged up. Uh, we've listed on both sides of the ball very, very key players. Black Panther's going 9-6 Bills. Okay. He already, I mean, he already had his. No, I, know, I, know, I know. I know. He's messing with me because I just said any way to win, you take it. So he's going with the 9 Look, if, if it's 9-6 and we're talking on Tuesday and we hit kick more field goals than Miami, let's go. Sure. Why just not? Win, baby. We, we would be confident heading into the playoffs. Probably not. But we're in as a two-seed. Okay, Lance. This was fun. Probably our biggest show heading into the biggest game you and I've covered uh, so far. Your mom's come. Oh, well, we thought the same thing. Your mom's coming 30 to 19. Bills. Lance, 
who are we sponsored by? Make sure everyone knows so they can maybe have some fun with the Bills-Dolphins game. Yeah, check out Underdog Fantasy, man. This week is great. Uh, check out the Pick'em game that they have. Um, use promo code BLITZ in order to when you sign up, and you'll get your first deposit matched up to $100. But um, definitely check out Underdog Fantasy. It's got great uh, format for, for playing. Like I said, their Pick'em game is just really good. Um, for every sport and there's just really good stats to pick higher or lower on i think it's interesting the way they do it. it's unique and um you know i love to play on there had a little bit of a good streak last thursday and friday and then gave the house back some money on saturday and sunday but uh but it was a good weekend overall so um yeah go out there check out uh, our sponsor underdog fantasy use promo code blitz when you sign up and you'll get your first deposit matched up to a hundred dollars Make sure you guys follow everything Built in Buffalo. If it's Facebook, if it's YouTube, if it's Twitter, make sure you guys follow all that stuff. If you guys didn't miss this episode, you can re-watch it. Hit the rewind button on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But if you prefer the audio platform, this comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your audio podcast. Just type in Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Hopefully, you guys all enjoyed this episode, this show, this podcast. Lance and I will be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Recapping. Check out all the great content yeah. on Built in Buffalo for the rest of the week. We got Going Deep podcast tomorrow. Oh, yeah. uh, Buffalo Basement on Thursday with Witty Not Funny following them. And Bill's Chat on Friday. And then our guys will get you ready on Sunday with the tail- Buffalo Tailgate pregame show. And then you'll have uh, our guy Izzy with the Red Zone Report directly after the game. So just check out all the great content creators we have. Built in Buffalo News.com for the articles throughout the week. I know our guy Danny Adams wrote uh, something good for the good and the bad right after this past game. So go check out that. And then Built in Buffalo Store.com, uh, fulfilled by Buffalo Go. Shout out to them and get some merch if you'd like from the Built in Buffalo folks. Yeah, make sure you guys do that. And as always, Lance and I will be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. recapping Bill's Dolphins. And I always say previewing the one round one of the playoffs. Okay, you're confident, but I I always say like we're playing next, we'll be recapping or previewing it. So back Tuesday night, Bills Dolphins recap and talking I playoff game or not playoff game. Playoff. We will we will see what happens. Give you a fun show on Tuesday as always. Give you a fun, probably really stressful weekend. Make sure you guys watch Saturday. Some very important games: Steelers, Ravens, obviously Colts. Uh, Texans and obviously Titans Jaguars on Sunday as well. That is going to do it for us. He was Lance and I was Peter. This was the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built of Buffalo Network. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.